The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and on today's show, we are going to be discussing the continuation of Giants training camp. As the Giants prepare for the 2019 season, we will also have a special guest for you as we will be joined in a little bit by a good friend of Big Blue View, Dave T. Thomas, who is a longtime NFL scout, director of Scouting Services, Inc., and has done work at the NFL Draft Report. You've seen some of his work here at Big Blue View over the years, as Dave T. has been kind enough to share some scouting reports with us, some of his draft-related information Dave T. is always entertaining and informative, and I'm sure that you'll enjoy listening to him when we get to the interview that he and I recorded in just a little bit. All right, first, though, a couple of thoughts on Tuesday's Giants practice. I was not in attendance today uh, in East Rutherford, but sounded like Eli Manning had a nice day. Sounded like rookie quarterback Daniel Jones had a little bump in the road today, a little bit up and down. Those things, though, are to be expected as the young man develops. No big deal, nothing to be alarmed about. Today at Big Blue View, you'll find stories on Eli Manning, on what he said when he met the media on Tuesday morning. Also a nice story on Dexter Lawrence. He also met the media Dexter, of course, is playing defensive end, 17th overall pick. A little bit surprising to some that he's being used as an end and not as a nose tackle. That particular topic is addressed in the story. And also some information on how he's doing and how he's developing as a pass rusher. Speaking of pass rush, I also had an opportunity to speak with former Arizona Cardinals edge rusher Marcus Golden who is now with the Giants on a one-year prove-it deal. And Golden told me that he is healthy, looking forward to the 2019 season. 
and still believes that he can return to his 2016 12.5 sack form now that he's another year removed from the surgery he had in 2017 for the torn ACL that he suffered. Also wanted to mention those of you who listen to the podcast that Dan Pizzuta and Chris Flum have been doing here on Big Blue View Radio. Those of you who listen to that already know that Dan is moving on from Big Blue View. Dan has an opportunity to work with Warren Sharp at Sharp Football. We congratulate him for that. We thank him for everything he's done for Big Blue View. And we will miss his uh, his knowledge, his statistical analysis. We'll miss his presence at Big Blue View. And uh, hopefully uh, those of you who, who really enjoy the, the statistical, the analytical end of... Uh, of learning about football and following the game. We'll continue to check out his work over at Sharp Football. All right, the uh, the Giants will be back at practice Tuesday and Wednesday. Big Blue View will be there for both of those practices. Actually, the Giants will practice right through Saturday before they have their next mandated day off. Believe it or not, you know, it's not that far away before we get to the Giants' first preseason game, which is, I believe, August 8th against the New York Jets. So it's it's coming fast, folks. Things are, are moving pretty quickly. Real football games, or at least preseason football games, will be here for the Giants before you know it. All right, let's, uh, let's do this now. Let's get to the entertaining and wide-ranging interview that I recorded recently with Dave T. Thomas of the NFL Draft Report. All right, Giants fans, special treat for you today. I am joined now by Dave T. Thomas, longtime NFL scout from the NFL Draft Report. Dave T., lots to talk about with the New York Giants. How you doing? I'm doing very good. I, you know, I'm looking at it right now. The way that my Yankees are scoring 11 runs but giving up 10, I'm really glad football came back. Unfortunately, over here, it looks like nobody's embracing Newt Rockney among the wide receivers for the New York Giants. They they still have wide receivers on the roster? Well, I thought I was going to see you out in practice today catching a few, buddy. Well, you know, we were taking inventory among some of the uh, some of the the media guys to see who who felt like they could they could run a few routes, and you know, Brandon London still works for the Giants, and he was part of that 07 team, and Brandon begged off. He said, "Oh, my hammy hurts. My hammy hurts." Well, the whole thing was is that the introductions that are going to be held in the huddle for the next few practices over here is they keep on transporting in warm bodies at the wide receiver position. What we'll get on to talking about over here is I think that right now the Giants have two guys out there they really need to take a look at, and we'll talk about them later on in the show. So what is your take overall on, as we as we get into this, and we'll get into wide receiver, we'll get into specifics, What's your overall expectation for this team? Uh, that's the whole thing. I'd much rather ha- not have an expectation, so whatever I get is going to be a bonus. Listen, we know what we're hearing right now. Instead of them playing the national anthem at the season opener, we're going to hear dum dum da dum dum da dum da dum da dum Eli Manning. <laughs> it all comes down to, did this guy find the fountain of youth? 
I don't know. I've seen him the last couple of years over there, Red, and he really looks like Bambi staring at the headlights of a truck. Yeah, I don't know. I, You know, obviously Eli's not what he used to be. I still think that the way this is going to go down for the Giants is I think, especially because I think we know how much respect John Mara has for, for Eli, and he doesn't want to embarrass Eli, I think this is going to come down to extending Eli as much rope as possible and not going to Daniel Jones until they're out of the playoffs or Eli is just terrible and and the move has to get made. I respect the guy by giving him a gold watch. I don't respect the guy by putting a few L's up on the table for me. I need to win because, listen, one thing, Giant fans right now are starting to get a little agitated. You go back and look at some of the questionable trades. You look at the horrible draft, and you're wondering, what is going on with this front office? Well, hopefully Mr. Landon Collins will take care of Dave Gettleman there in practice. Oh, are you are you referring to the uh, to the to the comment that that Landon made about uh, about lowering a shoulder into uh, into Gettleman, you know, during a pregame? Well, if you want to go out and get at least a two game suspension from the powers, maybe for the NFL, Mister Collins, go for it, man, because I don't want to see Washington winning any games. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know, I I. I, I I don't like the pettiness of the ex Giants over here, and especially I'm hoping to. God out there that there is a football God up there that slaps the sophomore jinx on Baker Mayfield. For Baker Mayfield, I don't know about you, but I remember talking people off the ledge when Odell Beckham got traded. Now I got Baker Mayfield coming up and saying, well, Giant fans never respected Odell. What are you talking about? If you ever looked in the stands, man, I would say 80% of them were wearing his number on his, their backs. Yeah, Baker talks a little too much for, for my taste, but so does Odell. And, and to be honest with you, I think you're right. I've been really disappointed by the the attitudes and some of the things that Odell and some of the things that, that Landon Collins have said since they since they moved on from the Giants. Grow up, move on, deal with your new team, you know, be a big boy it and just deal with the fact you that you don't always get your way. If there is any more loyal fan out there not wearing blue right now, it's because his blue jersey is in the washing machine. This is true. So let's talk about the Giants. And at the top of the show, at we at the top of our interview, we talked a little bit about wide receiver. And you know, the one guy who got uh, who who got released on Monday was uh, Cameron Meredith from the Saints. What do you th- do? You think the Giants are going to make a move with Meredith or 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 somewhere else? He's healthy. I was down at Minis and everything else. It was just that New Orleans was looking at it as an excuse to take his eight million cap off the books. You're looking at what they had to do. Sheldon Rankins went down. He's probably going to go on the pup list. So they had to up their uh, money offers out there for defensive linemen. In turn, Cameron Meredith is a casualty because Michael uh, Thomas is going to walk away but possibly the biggest contract of any wide receiver in the NFL right now. I'm looking at this guy coming into camp within the next few years at a $20 million per. You look at the players they picked up. I like T.J. Jones. I think T.J. Jones got jerked around with Detroit, and Detroit ended up cutting him last year. Meredith is another option, but I look at a kid that came out of a small school, Old Dominion, that it surprises me that he's still sitting out there because he showed flashes 
with the Indianapolis Colts, and that's Zach Pascal. What we're going to see in training camp over the next few weeks is going to be a constant audition of wide receivers, because if not over here, Saquon Barkley is going to have to up his muscular texture because he's going to be touching that ball at least 40 times. Yeah, you just can't go, uh, I mean, I, I like Cody Latimer, I think he's a pro, I think he works hard, I think he does a lot of things, you know, the right way, and Benny Fowler the same way, but but you can't go into a season, you, you know, running those two guys out there as your, as your primary wide receivers. I'm telling you to sleep at a fifth round kid, the kid out of Auburn. Auburn had the most dysfunctional offense around in the NCAA last year. But you go back and look at 2017 film on Darius Slayton. This is a guy that's hungry. He wants to prove to people that, hey, I was a second round draft pick in September. All of a sudden, April comes around and I go in round five. This is a guy that I want to watch for. Another guy that might have Jet fans right now cringing is Dallas has 14 wide receivers in camp. Devin Smith, the former Jet second rounder, ran a 4-4-2 the other day. If he could stay healthy over there and not make the roster, bringing him in on a look-see in late August is probably a good avenue. Another guy that I'd like, if he could come off of the pop list, I see him more of a practice squad early in the season is that kid Alex Wesley. They got some talent there, but you know what Peggy Lee says, is that all there is is the low letter is. If you're looking for Golden Tate to uh, uh, go ahead and appeal the suspension, forget about it. You go back and look at Robert Mathis' situation. Go look at Ben Watson with the New England Patriots. Both of them with the same type of fertility drug, and both of them had to sit out. If someone turns around right now at the NFL office and gives Golden Tate the golden ticket, you're going to hear New England Patriots screaming all the way to court. Oh, I agree, Dave T., and I've written the same thing. The guy's going to serve four games. I'll be shocked if he doesn't. And I'm shaking my head. This is a guy in a tenth year, in his 10th year in the league. You know the rules. You know what it says. You know that the policy says you're responsible for what you put in your body. Whether you knew at the time it was a banned substance or not doesn't matter. It just it flabbergasts me that guys like Tate that have been in the league for so long continue to make this mistake. Well, it all comes down to your judgment factor. You know, he, he sat out there, oh, I didn't know. Well, that's why they have that board over there so you could check before you intake. Yeah, it just and it hurts the Giants so much. I think Sterling Shepard will be back, but it hurts the Giants so much not to have Tate, not to have that second weapon. Yeah, but you're also staring at where I was looking forward to family Corey Coleman living up to his NCAA billing, and now Coleman is out for the year. I think that's a bigger blow to me right now than losing Golden Tate for four games. I know it's a big blow on special teams because he was so dynamic last year as a kickoff returner. I know the league is trying to limit the kickoff return, but when there was an opportunity for returns, he was a difference maker for them. So that that's a, that's a problem. Well, maybe right now they embrace Jimmy Harbaugh, considering they're going to try to use Jabril Lovell as a punt and kickoff returner. Remember, Mr. Peppers, when he was over at Michigan, played quite a few snaps on offense. I can't see him playing offense, but I can see him, you know, carrying a heavy load and doing both punt and kickoff return, which scares Giants fans, I know, because... The, the scar of Jason Seahorn still hasn't healed 
for, for Giants fans, but you got to get over that and got to try to put your best players out there and win games. Well, the only problem that they have, the only other valid return man they have is Sterling Shepard. And with his broken thumb, you don't want to give him extra reps out there carrying those high balls. No, I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping that he's ready for week one, which I think he will be at this point. You know, he's been out there practicing and catching one-handed already, but but cross your fingers and hope that he's available. Well, let's cross uh, Sterling Shepard's ten fingers and hope he's available. <laughs> there, there you go. Hey, talk to me about uh, about Evan Ingram and, and what you see as his potential uh, going forward. I like forward. Ingram as, how, how can I put it, an H-back type. Honestly, I, if I had myself a quality tight end, I'd move him over into the slot because this could eliminate some of the stuff because this gives me a middle-of-the-field presence. I think the sleeper at, uh, at the tight end position is going to be that C.J. Conrad kid. Because if he comes through and shows that he not only has pass-catching ability, we already know about his blocking ability, this could be a guy that might make Red Ellison and that high contract to his uh, salary cap casualty coming down there on a the cut. I still think they'll keep Ellison around because they don't know what they're going to get from Scott Simonson or Garrett Dickerson, but... Conrad, to me, looks like a nice little sleeper on that offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, I like Conrad quite a bit. We wrote about him today at Big Blue View, and he's he's had a nice start to camp. One of my things that I, that I always watch for is when the head coach takes the time to wander over to a special teams drill and, and give a player one-on-one attention, which Pat Shermer did you know, during the spring with, with Conrad, that kind of tells me, that they're interested in this kid. Well, when you hand them a 25K signing bonus, too, that tells you a little bit of an interest out there. I like what they did on the free agent market. I wasn't a fan of the draft. I think another sleeper that they got on the street, uh, out of the college free agent market, though I don't uh, 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 adhere to the thing of playing him at left tackle, is the Missouri tackle, Paul Adams. I'd much rather see him compete for a job over at the right tackle spot. We saw what we got from Chad Wheeler last year. We don't know if Mike Remmers is going to be on the field for for a full 16 games due to his massive injury issues. Paul Adams could play a, a nice role over there next to Kevin Zeidler. I think that's a good sleeper that they picked up inside. I don't know about you, but you, you kind of stumbled into it here. I'm concerned still, not so much about Nate Solder and, and, and Mike Remmers as the starters. I think they'll be okay as long as those guys are on the field. But I'm really concerned about the depth that they have, you know, behind those guys. Adams might be a player. We know Chad Wheeler isn't a player. Who knows what Georgia Safo Ajay is? I still think they're going to be looking at the waiver wire at the at the end of the preseason for for help there. I look at the center position. I look at the right tackle position. You got the best right guard in the country, the best trap locker out there, and Kevin Seidler. This could affect his play because he has two mediocre talents sandwiching him. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those types. I was hoping in minicamp he would have emerged, but he didn't do it. And I was one of those out there with the sign free Evan Brown now because I saw what this kid could do in college. And I think somewhere, somewhere down the road, this guy could be a starting center for somebody. Giants have been using him at right guard mostly in uh, in training camp. I just wonder if if he's a guy that's going to get lost in the shuffle. 
Well, when you got Nick Gage, Chad Slade, and James O'Hagan as your other options at guard, I'm really glad that they're moving Evan around. It gives him, not only if he could show his versatility, this gives him an excellent chance to make the 53-man roster. So let's talk about, before we move to the defense, you know, let's kind of move beyond the draft and whether the Giants should have taken Daniel Jones and, and all of that. Let's just, what, what are you hearing? What are you Family thinking? Family show. You don't want any of my Brooklyn fallout words now, do you? Now be nice, Dave T. Come on, be nice. I mean, to my eyes, he's looked I pretty mean, decent I mean, if I look at quarterback option over there, I, I look at quarterbacks that went around two, around three, that I'd much rather have over Jones. I don't know. I look at Jones right now, and I'm wondering if I have to show up with paddles. I'm not even, I'm not even sure I want to ask what you mean by that. I don't think this kid's going to have a pulse on the center. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, you're you're talking about fire. You're talking about enthusiasm. Is that is that what you're is that what you're wondering about? No, I just think that when he steps on the football field, I saw what he did down at Duke. I saw what he did down at the Senior Bowl. This guy's not the morning a mechanic. I don't want a mechanic as a quarterback. I want an innovator. He's going to do whatever the coaches tell him to do. He's not going to think for himself. Interesting, you know, because I think the 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 way that the way that that we put it, I mean, he's been pretty good so far in training camp. I think the question is, is you know, can he create on his own, and 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 how high is the ceiling for this kid? Well, I'm definitely not going to have him on my fantasy football team. That's for sure. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, so let's so let's talk about uh, about the Giants and defense and, and all of that. What was your take on the Dexter Lawrence pick at seventeen? Oh, I love that. You know, you find a guy over here that everybody said probably could have slid to the end of the first round. I go back and I look at some of the big guys out there. Look at Pat Washington. Uh, 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 go back and look at uh, uh, Casey uh, Hampton. Uh, uh, De- uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Jenkins. You got these big moose curly colt types. That's what Dexter Lawrence is. When I got a 350 pound with a 5.0 motor. Yeah, yum, yum, eat him up, man. I'm sending him over the center on every damn play. The thing, too, is I look at the options that I have outside of Dexter Lawrence. What am I going to go with? Olsen, Pierre, John Jenkins? Uh, I just look at that offensive, uh, that defensive line, though, and there's nothing but three defensive tackles going across. B.J. Hill, I expect to see him step up. I'm hoping that R.J. McIntosh is over his injury issues, but I'm not a fan of the 3-4 defense because you're seeing a lot more predication of the running game from teams right now. I'd much rather go with a 4-3. And you look at that pathetic linebacking unit. I mean, you talk about your two middle linebackers, it's like frickin' frack. Neither one of them know how to call a play. And of course you're talking about Alec Ogletree and, and, and B.J. Goodson. I have found it interesting in the first few days of training camp that the Giants have been leaning heavily on Tay Davis. I actually think there's a possibility that Tay Davis, a former undrafted free agent, might take B.J. Goodson's job. 
2020, Ryan Connolly, Tay Davis are the middle linebackers. Lorenzo Carter is going to excel at the Sam position. Finally, somebody recognized what this kid could do with it. Even back at Georgia, they played him on the weak side. He played out of position. He started coming into his own last year. Kareem Martin right now, I hope he has the phone number to Mayflower Movers because I don't see him on the roster when we get down to 53. Love to pick up a Marcus Golden. I think that uh, Eximis is going to learn from Golden itself because that kid, if you go back and look at his old Dominion statistics, you go back and look at what he did down at the Senior Bowl, that was a nice pickup in the third round. I'm really glad they finally got him at the training camp. And that kid from uh, uh, San Antonio, uh, Texas San Antonio, can I even pronounce his last name because I'm from Brooklyn, uh, Josiah Tafua. Tufu- <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Taufea or whatever it is, yep. I see them stashing him on the practice squad, but watch this kid the second year of the season. They bring him in as even on special teams. This kid is a kamikaze. Interesting. And what do you think of, you know, the Giants went so heavily in uh, uh, at the cornerback position in the draft. What do you think of what they did there and what they might get from, from those guys? I'll be singing na 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 hey hey goodbye to Mr. Janoris Jenkins after the 2019 season. I think that Sam Beal will lose his job to the most instinctive cornerback in his draft, and DeAndre Baker. Watch Julian Love. Now Julian Love is another guy. Now watch. I'm hoping that they realize and go back and look at Notre Dame film when they went deep last year with Notre Dame. Julian Love lined up in the slot receiver spot. I see Love. I see Baker. Baker is their starters going forward. Grant Haley will probably get competition from Corey Ballantyne, but I don't think this year. I think Ballantyne is going to be a guy that they try to stash. Antoine Bethea, you know, I look at his uh, birth certificate and see that he's more of a guy that should be collecting a Social Security check. The kid from Temple a couple of years ago, Sean Chandler, has an excellent shot of being at number three safety. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I, I love Bethea. I think Bethea might be able to give them a year as a mentor to Jabril Peppers, as a help to all of these young guys. The Giants have so many guys that have never played an NFL snap, you know, in their secondary. But I'm not expecting tremendous play from the guy. I see in the draft day two, they pick up that kick Gilman from Notre Dame, make him the strong safety and move Jabril where he should be at the free spot. I want Jabril roaming the field. I don't want him assigned at the one area. I thought that Jabril, as a rookie in Cleveland, had a difficult time when they asked him to, to play free safety. He's a he was a rookie back then. That's a lot for a kid to adjust and understand. Jimmy used him more as a cover two linebacker. As a free safety, you're the last chance saloon out there for a team. He's definitely got the speed. He's got the recovery burst. It's just a matter of him getting into the thinking man's mentality of playing free safety. Lining up next to Antoine Bethea, he's going to see the tricks of the trade from the grizzled veteran out there. This is a good movement, like you said, Bethea mentoring Peppers, but I, I, I look at Peppers next year moving over to the other slot. There's going to be a lot of strong safeties coming out in this draft, brother. Interesting, interesting. You know, um, what are your thoughts just overall on what the Giants have done since Dave Gettleman took over on whether they've made progress? I know they've done a lot of things that that have raised eyebrows a little bit. But is this team, in your view, is it 
in better shape than it was at the end of that season, at the end of the 2017 season? What puzzles me is Gettleman in that position. What does he have? Uh, did John Mara end up at the uh, massage parlor with Mr. Kraft and he has pictures on him? I, I, I look at what he's done in the last two years over here. I sort of uh, look at what's going on at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue when comparing it. Oh boy! Oh boy! That's that that that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. Well, this, this is going to be the draft that's going to be all tell-all for them. I mean, they got three first-round draft picks. They need at least two of them to come through. Well, I think that it's it's fairly obvious that the biggest decision that Gettleman had to make going forward was who would be the the heir to Eli, and I think it's pretty obvious that that Daniel Jones is his legacy pick, and that's the one he's going to be tied to, and it's the one that's going to end up determining the success or failure of, of his tenure as GM. Remember years ago, another Duke quarterback that they tied their, uh, their horses to, named Dave Brown? I see the same situation. Oh, please don't. Please please don't do that to us, Dave T. Please don't. I, you know me, man. You cut me open right now. MY comes out with a whole bunch of blue blood, but, you know, I, I got to be a realist, too. I, I, I can't sit out there and drink the bug juice that Dave Gunman's trying to pass along, because then it reminds me of, uh, of uh, Reverend James Jones. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. You're... I'm sorry, brother, man. Hey. <laughs> Hey, you, you. I, I look at the bright side. You know, you end up getting Peppers. You end up getting Zeitler. I mean, Zeitler to me. I mean, you're not going to find a better trap guard. This guy is going to be out there in Canton one day. You, you know, you said overall though that you really didn't like the Giants' draft. And other than Jones, I'm curious why. I, I think the Jones element that you saw what was on the board at least if. With, uh, with uh, uh, what do you call it, with Jones, I could have traded down. And, and look, at you know, they made a Maya Laya pants on fire. Well, I knew that Washington and Denver were going to take the guy. And both John Elway and Bruce Allen both came out and said, you know, in uh, unpolite terms, WTF. Yeah, it's interesting. But, you know, it, it's over and it's done and it comes down to whether the kid turns into turns I into wouldn't a have player. taken Josh Allen, to be honest with you. I would have gone for a weapon for Eli and I would have taken T.J. Hawkinson. Wow. And that's... Every, if anybody wants a second coming to Gronk, it's going to be that kid. <laughs> it's funny because we talked about Hawkinson before the draft here at Big Blue View and I tossed his name out, and, and a lot of people kind of went, the, the Giants would be crazy to take a tight end. But I heard that a lot. You're not the only one I heard that from, and, and, and we'll see what kind of a player he turns out to be. Well, Kenny Galladay with uh, Jesse James, with TJ Hawkinson right now, it doesn't matter what running back is carrying the ball over there at Detroit. Stafford's got three weapons where he could just keep on going over the middle with those underneath tosses. All right. Hey, Dave T., you know, at the top of the show, I forgot to uh, to sort of let you give folks your uh, your bio and your background. I'm, you know, th- this is the first time we've had you on our show. Just tell folks a little bit about uh, about how long you've been doing this and, uh, and and your work with the NFL over the years. Age 13, my uncle brings me out to uh, Thousand Oaks to uh, the Oakland Raider training camp. I start laughing at uh, Al's scouts over there because they're reading newspaper clippings to him. 
He asked me, what am I doing? And I said, this is how you scout scout. I said, you're not going to find talent. He says, well, show me a better way. The next year I showed up with a 4,000-page report. Now, mind you, folks, man, not even Commodore 64 was around in 1968. Since then, it's been the thing that I like playing my role for the NFL. My function for an NFL team is to give them all the information possible on a player. In other words, I play Dr. Watson. I let 32 general managers, I let 32 scouting directors go out there and play Sherlock Holmes. Either take the credit or take the blame for whatever you did. I'm giving you the information on those players. You've seen my report. Tell me, you've seen my report on Ryan Connolly, why I'm so high on the guy. I mean, I just sent you over a couple of months ago, what was it, uh, close to 80 pages on this one ball player. What my function is, is to make sure that these general managers, if they want to go out there and play Ray Charles, i got to give them my sight. Yeah, it's uh, read, reading one of your reports is uh, is entertaining. It's thorough, and well, it takes a long time, Dave T. It takes a long time. A few hours, and she won't know where you're at. You know, it just it just. I mean, I need I need a whole afternoon to read your stuff. Well, the whole thing comes down to is that these GMs send me over to listen. Well, I'll give me a case in point: the, the Patriots right now. I just sent them out 150 reports. On on next year? <laughs> oh, well, let me put it to you this way. Brian and I, Brian, matter of fact, folks, you may want to see the relaunch in NFL Draft Scout now is coming back as DraftScout.com. We're about to launch soon, but we've been feverishly out there working on the reports for the teams. We're so far ahead. We're up to the 2013 class. 2003, sorry. I'm a, I'm a decade behind. you got to realize. 2023. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, you know. As soon I mean, as a kid enters school as a freshman, we start putting together a book on them. You never know what's going to happen over there. Uh, you know, right now I say it's not this year, but next year, you know, there's a quarterback down at Clemson and everybody is going to try to get into the tank so they could get him. Yeah, I just, you know, it's funny that you mentioned quarterback, and this is the last thing we'll talk about, you know, before I let you go. I've had people say, well, would the Giants trade Daniel Jones, and would they do this, and would they do that, and would they go back after a quarterback again, you know, in the in the upcoming draft, and and that, I, I know the Cardinals just did that, but that's not a way to do business, and I, I think whether they turn out to be right or wrong on Daniel Jones, they're going to sink or swim with this move and give it, you know, give it time to find out whether he's the guy or not. Yeah, but imagine Hawkinson there at number six, and then next year you come up and you got a Herbert, you got a Fromm, and you got a towel down at Alabama sitting on the board for you. So if Eli does go seeing your crappy pants out there, you're still going to have a top ten pick. One oh. of them is bound to fall in your lap. But, you know, it's like hindsight. You never know what's going to happen over there. I understand why they went with what they did. I just don't understand why Daniel Jones was the name. Yeah, I I, I I hear you. I get it. You know, but it, it's done, and now we find out if the Giants are right. And I think that's going to take a couple of years to to find out if if uh, if they were right. And and you know, two three years down the road, we'll we'll know if uh, if Dave Gettleman is smarter than uh, than a whole lot of of other NFL analysts. Yeah, but I'm still a little prejudiced. You know, I'm on the John Mackey uh, Award Committee for uh, who knows how many years now. So, you know, with a name like Dave T, I sort of like the tight ends. 
And Dallas Clark and I were both in agreement that T.J. Hawkinson was the best tight end we've seen, even with Gronk coming out of college in the last 20 years. Wow. All right, Not to miss out on a guy like that. I mean, you go back and look at the Raiders with Dave Casper and Todd Christensen. Uh, Dallas Clark with Indianapolis. I mean, that's where this kid is going to fit in. I'm telling anybody right now, if you're on this line and you play fantasy football, you better take this kid in the first four rounds. Wow. I'm predicting 75 receptions for him, probably about 900 yards. I say 10 TDs. You keep this up, and when Giants fans listen to this show, they're going to wind up crying. Yeah, but, you know, Detroit also wears blue uniforms. So, you know, just just put on your sunglasses and, TJ, just imagine him wearing an M.Y. on his helmet. (laughs) Maybe four or five years from now in free agency. (laughs) All right. Hey, Dave T., thank you very much. We will uh, we'll talk to you again, and uh, we al- I always appreciate uh, your, your help and your input, your insight. And I'll be looking forward to uh, DraftScout.com relaunching. When is that happening? Do you know? Uh, it will be launched both college, high school, and football will launch at the beginning of the season. However, right now, Paul Crane and I up at Scouts Honor, if you go up to iHeartRadio, Google, or Amazon, or any of the podcasts, search for Scouts Honor. Uh, right now, we have our training camp previews up on all 32 teams. All right, make sure you check those out, folks. Dave T., thank you very much, and we will talk to you again uh, pretty soon. I say we talk again on cut-down day so both you and I could sit there with one hand over one of our eyes and look at what they did with the other one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. Uh, you know, it's gonna be, it, it certainly is going to be interesting. Let's cross our fingers and hope that the Giants go forward instead of backward. Well, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we'll see a lot of auditioning for guys that say they are professional pass catchers. Well, you know, I, I would I would ask Dave Gettleman for a tryout, except I've already torn my Achilles tendon twice, and I'm not so sure that, that I can stick my foot in the ground and make the cuts. Yeah, but the problem is Dave Gettleman will probably turn around and trade you to Cleveland. Oh, <laughs> all right. With that said, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you go, Dave. Thank you very much. Take care, big guy. Okay, Giants fans, our thanks to Dave T. Thomas. I hope you learned some things from that. I hope you enjoyed our back and forth. Dave T.'s always entertaining. He's been doing this now for more than 50 years. I believe he said he started in 1968, turning in reports on players for NFL teams. He's still one of the most widely respected scouts in the business, incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to all of the teams across the NFL spectrum. We thank him for spending some time with us and for being a good friend of Big Blue View. And as always, Giants fans, we thank you guys for listening and supporting the show and for supporting Big Blue View. We remind you, if you haven't done so already, Please subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Join BigBlueView.com so that you can participate in the conversation with other Giants fans. Okay, Giants fans, thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye now.